Alrighty, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your other host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what animal do you feel like today? Jesus, alright, well, <laughs> let's think. Do I go back to one of the original animals, or do I feel like a new animal? I You're... think traditionally, uh, most mornings I do feel like a sloth still. Yes. I'm waiting to like be like a faster animal, though, and I think that's coming soon. What what animal do you, would you like to like work into as far as speed and agility goes? Oh man, like um, an Australian green tree frog. Oh, don't even get me started on frogs, dude! I swear to God. Uh, I've been researching. I've been researching, Bo, and I hope you've been doing your research for our our frog discussion. There will be a frog episode coming soon. We are both very very opinionated when it come when it comes to our frogs that we prefer. So that day will come. Um, I kind of like a mm, it's all it's usually a small furry creature of some sorts like uh i would say like a like a like a red panda because real pandas aren't actually real but we'll have that debate one day i am i am beyond beyond certain that pandas are not actually real so anyways there's a lot of stuff to go behind that there is so much definitive quantifiable data that backs that pandas aren't real. And if you don't believe me, I don't give a damn because I know I'm right about this. So today we're going to talk about training and cardio intensity and all things that we can cover in the next 45 minutes that we deem important in this. So um, training is something that obviously I've been obsessed with since I started and training intensity has never been something that I necessarily had to figure out because I've, I'm an, a very emotional person. And this was my first outlet for my frustrations as a angsty, youthful child. Um, but for me, I had to learn how to harness said training intensity and apply it in a more effective manner. And that has taken me many, many years to figure out. I would say 2000 and I started working out like 2012, I'd say 2018 is when I really learned like how to harness both of these variables and make it like a very synergistic thing. And that's when I started growing the most. Um, so with that being said, um, kind of talk through our approaches as coaches when we get athletes and their skill level, because I think all workouts are just meant to be hard, but it's a matter of finding the hard that you enjoy and that works best for you. So what are your stances? Let's say someone comes to you, they never worked out and we've got to figure out how to get them to progress. What is, what is a general overview of a training style going to look like for them? Yeah. So first of all, I think one of the important things you said, and I'm going to follow up on this is Mm -hmm. training intensity is learned. Mm Mm-hmm. I really fully believe that. I don't think anybody goes in the gym and just like automatically knows how to train hard. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely a learned thing. And for me, learning training intensity came from training with others that trained harder than me. Mm-hmm. And that built up over time. And I like, so I would train with somebody that was better than me and knew more than I did. And it made me better at training. And then mm-hmm. I would pass that on to other people I trained with and so on and so on. And I've trained with so many people now better than me that I like I have this definition of intensity that is so much different than somebody else. Yeah. And to me, that's like just how I train now. But I can have somebody else come and train with me and I'm, you know, 
doing the workouts I do and I may hardly be sweating and they're drenched. Yep. You know, and I'm like, it's a new level for them. And that's kind of how you level up your training is you, you learn how to from somebody else. So whenever I have somebody start with me, the biggest thing I have to remember is they don't know anything (laughs) in comparison to what, what the knowledge I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always start off people pretty simple as far as training with, um, more or less getting them to know the basics and making sure form is perfect. And I usually use what I call mechanical training, mm-hmm. which, um, mechanical training, I like people to think about it is with cues and, um, eccentrics, concentrics, pauses, and really getting somebody to use the muscle and leave the ego at the door. Yeah. So pretty much. Anybody I have start with me starts off in some sort of mechanical phase, which I mean, it's me programming sets. So it's like example would be barbell squats with a three second eccentric and a two second pause at the bottom. Yeah. Well, that person may have been lifting 225 before with shitty form, but they're going to quickly go back down to 135 to get those sets and they're going to feel every single bit of it. Yeah. I, I, I like that approach too. I think it's a good, it's, it's, learning well it's a good opportunity to learn actual proper mechanics and training like just the feel of everything right and i think too from a standpoint is like you're going to lower fatigue you know if you have any aches and pains from training wrong you're going to hopefully alleviate those over time and so i i even go a step further where i won't i won't put in any barbell free weight movements and that like we might use a Smith machine squat instead of a barbell squat, right? We're just going to, we're going to spend a lot of time just learning because people forget like the, every exercise that you perform that's listed as a new skill you have to learn. If you have eight exercises in a workout, you have eight skills that you have to learn. And then you have to learn how to like you have to learn to like one neurologically adapt to them. You have to learn how to feel it. You have to learn your cues, X, Y, and Z. And then you have to learn how to be strong at it because strength is a skill too, right? Strength is usually viewed as an attribute and in certain regards it is, but it is what strength ultimately comes down to is the ability to strain through time. And of course that time is seconds until you can no longer strain again. Right. So it's like we all have a genetic predisposition to how much we are able to actually strain under maximal effort. And it's it's obviously down to milliseconds. But once you can put all those together where you learn the movement and you learn your cues and you learn what your weak points are and then you learn how to work through it and then you learn how to strain through it and you learn, you know, five basically what I would consider a few skills within that exercise. That's how you progress very, very efficiently. And that's how you actually grow and get better. But it takes time, right? Like I don't change workouts for my athletes very frequently once we kind of get into it because you shouldn't necessarily have to unless obviously we have to make changes for like a movement just doesn't work well. It doesn't feel well, whatever. There's discomfort. Um, But otherwise it's like, hey man, like I've been squatting or I've been deadlifting for 10 years and I still am trying to like, they're trying to perfect it to this day where like there, there are subtle things that need to change. So that's why I deadlift every week because I'm practicing, I'm practicing every week to try to fix whatever I think needs to be fixed to continue to improve it. And as I'm doing that, I will get stronger and I will get better. So there's no need to change your workouts every week, right? Like I've followed, go ahead. I think, yeah, workouts for me, as far as like, um, with clients, I consider more advanced too. like, I know for a fact, me and you could do the same training for, you know, six months to a year. Yeah. 
But I also like to think about this whenever I have a uh, new client, I may start them off with a training, you know, for uh, maybe the first four to six weeks is mechanical, mm -hmm. but I may not switch their movements and exercises because I still want them to perfect those, but I may switch the cues. Yeah. And just to get them better at performing the reps in a different style of, you know, training. So for example, like, you know, we talked about the mechanical phase that I do. Usually the second type of phase that I do is more hypertrophy phase based with stuff like, you know, we, we take out the eccentrics, we take out the concentrics, we take out the pauses, and then we go ahead and do more, you know, drop sets or straight set sets, supersets, compound sets, cluster sets. And we want them to challenge them to use that weight with control. And they're often able to do more weight because they no longer have those pauses and eccentrics. Yeah. So it, it, it helps a ton. Yeah. It's like a priming phase. I think because I do a mechanical phase for a lot of people. I do it for myself too. And like it sets you up where like if you – because you can you should still be progressing weekly in those allotted rep ranges with the cadences. But like if I'm Smith Machine squatting with a three-count eccentric and a one-count pause, you know, and I do three plates for – let's say I work up to three plates for 12 and then the next week I pull that eccentric out. Like I can probably add a quarter on there for the same amount of reps. Right. And still like efficiently move it because I'm, I'm not just moving the weight. I'm moving with the weight. I think that's where a lot of people kind of make that mistake as well Is like, I'm not just moving the bar from a to B I'm moving with the weight. The weight is the resistance, but I'm, I'm the one moving with it, not moving it. And that's how you progress. But it's like, I'll do the same thing, right? Where it's like, I understand too, people are not like me, where I've followed a very similar low volume approach to training for nearly four years now. And it's basically been a modified push-pull leg split for about four years now. And I'm okay with that because I like making small, tiny progressions every week. And it does not bother me to do the same exercises. Where some people need to switch things up. And I get that. There are times where I'm like, I need to do something that's just a little bit different today, right? Or whatever it may be. And so I'll change, like you said, rep ranges, or I'll give them a challenge set or whatever it may be just to add something to it. But overall, all we are doing is like when it comes to working out, and this is where I think some people forget, like you need to actively seek the shit that is difficult. Otherwise, you're not going to change because you haven't changed without it. So you need it. You know, well, that's one way is I, I look at progress is I make people send me videos mm -hmm. of their training, which I think is one of the most beneficial things you can do as a coach to make sure your athletes are progressing correctly. First off, normally I make people send me videos to check form. Well, that's mm -hmm. fine. Once form is established, I'm checking for intensity. Yep. So I'm looking at your sets like I'm like, send me your top set of your hack squats today. Yep. And I'm looking to see if they are pushing to their absolute limits and majority of the time, you know, I'm messaging people back and I'm like, well, you stopped three reps short. Oh yeah. And um, you know, I've told you stuff like that. I'm like, sounds like you need to add another plate. And, yeah. and, and but you, you do that. Yeah. That's yeah. The thing is like the next week you'll send me it and you're like, you were right. Yeah. And it's crazy how much you progressed. But if you, unless you have somebody and that goes back to teaching intensity, unless you have somebody telling you, you can do this. A lot of the time I feel like the mental gets in the way. At least that, that's for me big time. Like I, I, I'll be doing out in the, the garage, like I'll be hack squats and I'll have seven plates and Laura will be like, I'll get like 12 reps and she'll be like, you should have done eight. And I'm like, fuck, you're right. 
and then I'll do eight and I'll have her with me. And, you know, she's pushing me with, through the set and I get nine reps and I'm like, wow. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, it, and it's like, even for me, man, like I, I can, we've all seen how fired up I get in my training videos. And it's, I've always been that way. Like I don't, I just, it's, it's a different world for me when I train my, my hair could be on fire and I wouldn't want you to tell me before a top set because I'm in an emotional state that isn't, you just don't interrupt me. Right. And that's why I'm obsessed with training. It's, it, it, there are a lot of layers to it, but it's the, it's truthfully the most important thing to me. Um, but even then, like I still sometimes like Nathan is my training partner for a reason because he is wired like me and he says the shit that I need to hear before a set and during a set to get the most out of me. Because even then, like sometimes I still need like, like, man, yeah. before every set, and, and I, I don't know if you could hear it in the video that I just posted, it was like two reps before I fail, hit failure. Like, I just yell, like, I just said out loud to myself, like, 12th place. Like, it is, I am very self motivated and self driven in this, but like, there's still sometimes you need somebody there to yell at you. Like, the same workout, I was working out with a couple of Laura's girls and I was training with Ife for the first time, love her to death. She's about to start her first prep and she's going to be an incredible athlete. And she need we're we're trying to work through some mental thresholds, right? Because there 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 are layers that you have to kind of break through and realize, like, oh man, I can do more than I thought, right? And that's really what it comes down to. And so we were doing a we did our heaviest set of hack squats, and then we backed down the weight. And this is when you told me I should have done a plate more. And the goal was to get thirty reps, constant tension, just like metabolic death, right? That was kind of my thought process behind it. And so she did a plate and I was like, okay, well, let's, let's make it happen. And we're going, she's going, she's going, she's going, she's going. And she racks it. And I was like, you're not done. Like go right. And we keep going, we keep going, we keep going. And then at one point I like, just say to her, I was like, somebody out there is trying to beat you right now. Okay. That's all I said. I didn't even yell it. I just literally got in her face and said that. And she proceeded to do 42 more reps in a row. <laughs> 42. So she did 30, stopped. I said, no, she did like 10 more. Then I said the one thing that I knew would work was someone's trying to beat you because it's the truth of the matter. She did like what was supposed to be a 30 rep set. She did like 82 reps. And that was when I, when she got off, I said, Hey, you see how much you left on the table? Don't ever yeah. fucking do that again. You need to add another plate and a half. <laughs> at least, at least. And that's a prime example. Like she's a hard worker, but just doesn't know how hard of a worker she is yet and how, how far she can push herself. And that's what our goal is as coaches is to like elicit that from these Intensity people. Intensity is learned. That's it, it is learned. And if it, like, I try to, I try to get clients to come in from out of town all the time, just for me to take them through a session because it's eye opening. Mm -hmm. I've had people that are, I consider really good genetically gifted athletes that are huge and I push them to new intensity levels where, you know, I don't want somebody to puke while they're training. You know, that's Which never the goal. Well, it's never the yeah. goal. But I've yeah, had yeah. plenty of people come over to train and then it's just like their system can't respond to it because they've never trained that hard. So yeah. that's their response is to either they they puke or they they fight it off and then they get back into the zone and they get back into the sets. But it, it's crazy how many really, really good athletes I've had come travel from all around the, the U.S. to come train in the gym. And I'll take them through a session. And afterwards, they're like, I wasn't training hard enough. Mm -hmm. And but I'm like, a, yep, yep. That's a, that's a great revelation to have in your career at, at any point. 
you know? And I think, I think too, with intensity is because there's, there are two things in, in training that I think are most important. That's obviously intensity and execution. And what I mean by that is some people are really great at one or the other, and some people are good at both. But that's where the t- the term that I've coined, training intelligence, comes from, where you still have enough spatial awareness during your set that you can remain emotional or angry or whatever you need to get into a set and like get go to the depths of hell, but you're still able to maintain composure enough to execute each rep properly, right? Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing that I've had to learn with this is I don't count my reps during a set anymore. Like I, 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 or at least I don't consciously, like I'm not like one, two, three, four. I, I always have an idea in my head of how many I've done. And then I, I record every set one to send to you and just to have for my own, to look at my cues and everything. But then I look back and say, okay, I got like nine reps or whatever it may be. But because I also find that a lot of times when you tell someone to do 12 reps, subconsciously or maybe even consciously they think that okay so rep 10 will be hard and rep 11 will be hard and rep 12 will be hard but there's nine more reps they could have done because they just undershot the weight so i always tell people this is the rep range we're aiming for if you hit the end of it and you still have more give more but ideally i want you to try to find a weight that you fail safely around that rep range and that's what we're going to work with for the next few weeks So, so it becomes a game of being intense enough because like I said, I can get belligerently intense before a set and throw all my cues out the window. But I've learned I had to learn how to harness that and be able to consciously think through the set in order to get through it in the most effective manner. Because like I've I have people who I have one girl, I love her to death. She's one of my wellness girls. I've worked with her for a long time and she trains very, very hard. I mean like truthfully like one of the most intense lifters that I have on my team. But Whenever I give her cues, she forgets them during her set because she gets too excited. And so I'm like, now I have to be like, okay, we're doing everything dead stop so that you can think. And when you train, like she's moving up here, so we're going to start training a little bit more together as she's starting prep soon. I'm like, you get to wear your headphones before the set. During your set, you don't get to wear headphones as I'm going to be yelling at you, walking you through each set, each rep, right? And that's over – again, it's another skill. Like training, I think people – forget like training there are a lot of variables and it is a lot it is a lot to learn and it takes a long time to learn and like that's why progress like that's what that's part of why you don't have to change things because you have to learn countless skills from a physical and a, a psychological level and like kind of find the center synergy between all of it and even then it still changes there's some days dude where it's like I've had a just too emotional of a day and I go in and just, I mean, I still have a, a overall good workout, but I'm like, man, I threw that one away. I threw that. I'll, I'll have to like redo a set. Cause I'm like, you got too fired up, man. You just let it go. My biggest thing is I always have to beat last week, you know, in some way or another. For sure. Or if I have a bad week, I have to at least match last week. Yeah. And that's my, that's my thing in my head. And like, for example, like for the long period I had deadlifts in, I was getting stuck at like 495, 500, and I like could not get past it. Yeah. So our idea because of that was like, all right, I can't get past these for my rep range. So I, we dropped down to uh, doing deficit deadlifts 
which gave me a whole new goal, but it increased from my strength from where I needed to pull from and brought up that lagging area. So now my deadlifts are better. But yeah. my biggest thing is like if keeping a log book, I think is key because it tells you if you're progressing each week. And I tell all my clients this stuff like if you're dead serious, at least keep a log book. And my log book happens to be just now is like I have a dry erase board out in the garage. Mm-hmm. And I will write on that dry erase board, like, you know, my my top exercises that I'm really trying to improve right now, which are like a deadlifts, barbell squats, hack squat, one arm dumbbell row, pull ups and uh, incline bench press with dumbbells. Yeah. And each of those I'm trying to beat each week. Yeah. So if I beat it, I erase the, the previous one and I write the new one. And then the next time I do that session, I'm looking at that number again. And I'm like, I have to beat this. I, I will say the the most amount of continual progress I've ever made in my entire life was when I started keeping a logbook. Truthfully, like like it's it's changed everything for me because from like this is a long game we're all playing in the sport, right? We're talking for a very long time if you love it, and we all need gratification and positives pretty consistently, right? If if you're only looking at like show day is the day that you get your gratification. This is not going to be a fun time for you, right? So for me, again, because training has always mattered the most to me and I do need something to chew on every day. When I have a log book and there is a literal scoreboard that I am chasing every single day, I get so obsessive and so excited to train. Like in my head, I when I woke up today, I was thinking about what numbers I need to hit on barbell rows, what numbers I need to hit on block pulls today, what numbers I need to hit on lap pull downs. Like it's already in my head. Like and I've already manifested what I'm going to do today. I already know what what I should hit bare minimum today on all of those exercises and I'm going to do it because that's how it works and that's how I progress and there's no other fucking option for me, right? So you have people who walk in the gym and you're like, "Man, what's your workout today?" And they're like, "Ah, dude, you know, I don't know, man. Like I think I'm going to do like this, this, and this, and maybe, you know, whatever. I'm like, you don't have like a plan. Like, nah, man, I'm just doing whatever. Those are the people who don't see results. Whereas like in my head, what I did last week, because I've controlled all of the other variables as far as nutrition, hydration, and sleep goes, what I did last week is bare minimum what I will beat this week. And I've done that for years now because of the logbook, because I have to face the truth of that thing. When I open up my notebook before I start the workout, I'm like, and there are some days, man, where I get really fucking nervous where I'm like, okay, so like now we're working into some numbers that are terrifying, but that gets, that's, that's what I chase. I chase that anxious feeling before a a hack squat set where I'm like, I could die from this if I don't do it the way I need to. That is exactly, exactly how I feel. Like I always tell people, if you're not scared of your set, you're not working hard enough. And it's always like a competition between you and your mind. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always like, you know, I'm ramping myself up before the set. It's funny because I used to listen to some pretty like hard music before I did some of these sets, but I've actually started listening to like slower stuff. Yeah. And it's actually made me like mentally be able to push past some barriers. Yeah. It gets me in this zone where I'm like, all right, ready for this. I'm getting my tempo right. I'm really pushing this shit. But it's a competition between you and your mind. And oftentimes, if you're not scared mentally of what you're about to accomplish, you're probably not doing enough. Yeah. I Two points on that. I have a very weird 
uh, song that I listen to before every top set. And uh, so I love metal, right? But I love all music, but I listen to Drugs by Eden. I don't know why. It is like the least hardcore song ever, but it gets me into <laughs> such an emotional state. But no, you're right. It's it's you, uh, you versus you. It's you versus self-doubt. It's you versus a lot of things, especially during the set. So like as many of you who follow me have seen, I've been known to scream fuck you at inanimate objects during or after sets. And I've been doing it for literally years now. And I, for a long time, couldn't figure out why. And I think this is just like a good conversation to have because a lot of people ask me and I'm like, well, it's, it's a weird situation. So uh, for me... These fuck you sets is what I call them. It's it's a combination of things. But ultimately, before I do a set, um, I do think about a lot of traumatic experiences in my life. Whatever whatever it is, you know, I kind of, I always tell myself, like, when, when shit hits the fan in my life, I put it in my pocket and I wait to use it when I'm training. Um, and I also go to therapy, too. So, like, don't think this is, like, the only way I'm trying to cope with things in life. But regardless, I put it in my back pocket. I hold on to it. And before a set, I think about it and I shove it in my face and I get really, really, really... Honestly, probably just traumatized from it again, and I use that trauma response during my set. But during my set, not only am I thinking about that, but I'm also like, I don't even know if I'm just like talking shit to myself. I'm like, you're going to quit. You're going to quit. You're going to quit. Like, I'm literally like being another hype man screaming at myself. And so when I scream, fuck you, it's usually me screaming at my own self-doubt. So that's why I do that, if anybody was curious. Because again, this is like the best outlet for me that I could have ever found in this world. It's the most, it's the first time I felt empowered and it's been that way for, you know, 10 years now. So. And you have to, you have to create your own ways to get mentally into a set, you know, like one, one thing is like me and Laura don't train together. You know, she has her own training. I have my own training. We, we of course have the, the gym in the garage and we train at separate times, majority of the time. But whenever I'm doing my top sets and I need to make sure that I beat my top set, I literally text her and I'm like, hey, can you come push me through this top set? Mm-hmm. And I know damn well, 99% of the time, if she is at least pushing me through the set mentally, I'm going to beat it. Yeah. And it happens every time. And I think having a good training partner can go a long ways. It's everything. Um, you know, it's, it's very hard to find, but having somebody with the same mindset as you that wants to see you get better and challenge you and tell you these hard things, like... I, I struggled forever to find that because, you know, I, I coached a lot of the people I trained with. So they, they don't want to tell me like, hey, you can do more. Yeah. And personally, like I, you know, I'm training with them and I'm like, I know they can do more weight than I can. I'm sitting there telling them that. And then they're like, oh, shit, you're right. But having somebody with you to tell you and break you past these mental barriers, I think is one of the keys. You know, like yeah. Nathan, for example, for you is one of your your good friends that you train with. He's an animal. Like I, I watched his training videos. He's a young kid, but he's like, you know, he's all in. And I know damn well that he's going to make sure that you push harder than he does. He's a dude. When he tra- like, I, I remember the first time I trained with this dude, I was like, he's unhinged and I loved it. I mean, I was like, I've met very few people in this life that train the way that he does. And like, I feel like I train in a very, very similar way. And I have for a long time and to find that dude. And it's been a game like him and I now, are at a very similar size and strength where he's starting to beat me in certain exercises and I'm beating him in certain exercises. And every set, I just like every set we're screaming at each other, like beat me like, cause I want to see him beat me every set. Cause I want to, and I also want to beat him every set. Yes. And it's like, dude, I'm telling you, like 
that's why I'm like, I go, I drive 45 minutes three times a week in one direction to go train with him because I'm like, these sessions are what make me better. Right. And that's what you have to seek. Like I always tell people like, you don't want to be the biggest fish in the smallest pond. I like the second I'm the biggest guy, strongest guy in the gym, which has only happened in like a small commercial gym. I have to go find the next gym where I am the tiniest person there and the weakest there because like I feed off of that. And it's not like a, I have to be the best in here as far as like strength goes or size. It's just like, I am motivated by motivated people. Like that environment is so addictive to me. When you just see somebody, I don't care if they only have like 95 pounds on the bar, but you see someone just putting themselves in the dirt I'm like, dude, I, you will have my respect till the ends of time for that. Like I live for that. That's a big thing, man. And it, it kind of transitions over to how hard your cardio needs to be as well, though. Yes. You know, that's our other topic for the day is like, yeah. I always tell people you need to treat your, your cardio sessions like a training session. Um, you know, I, I always tell my people like, uh, what their heart rate needs to be at and how hard they need to push it i'm very specific about it and you can you can tell the ones that are really pushing it um it's hard cardio should be hard yeah it's and another thing i'm gonna i have to point out real quick because i have so many people doing this lately drives me nuts all right mowing your lawn or working outside is not the same as a (laughs) cardio session Oh my god, dude! I, I, you, you mowing your lawn and sweating because it's hot outside does not mean that you did 130 to 140 beats per minute. It does not compare to your treadmill or your stair mill. No, and it listen. If you are using a stair mill or a treadmill and you put your hands on the handles, you have cheated yourself. I. You took away the incline. You're taking away everything. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I haven't. Like we've, we discussed this before. Like cardio intensity is something that, like, especially towards the end of prep, is not where it needs to be. And we have, you know, we've had the revelation that I, you know, I finally, it finally clicked in my head of like the harder I try, the prize, the reward is I don't have to do as much. Right. So it's like either do less hard cardio and have to do hours of it or murder yourself and get it over with. And hopefully you won't have to do more. Yeah. That's the thing, man, is like I'm guilty of sometimes doing this, too, especially in the off season. Like, you know, my 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 walking on the treadmill is a little bit slower and things like <laughs> that. But, me you know, that is, that is the one thing we mentioned whenever you were in your prep afterwards. I was like, I think you can push your cardio a little bit harder, man, because, you you know, you were able to answer questions on the bike in the morning and what we tell what i tell people is like if you're able to talk while you're doing your cardio you're probably not pushing hard enough and like we've discussed that plenty of times and it it goes through i'm guilty of doing that myself sometimes you know you get tired at the end of the prep and you're like intensity goes down a little bit you're just trying to get through it yeah and i think the biggest thing people need to remember is you need to start with the same intensity that you end with yeah, and that's that's where we. I definitely can say I, I I fought myself pretty heavily for this last prep. Like, you know, we we did the stairs for a long time, and did I remember like I was I'd go to Planet Fitness at five a.m. and be sitting there head banging to Suicide Boys doing intervals, and people looked at me like I was a sociopath. And then by the end of the prep, I'm doing you know we swapped over to recumbent bike for you know because my cortisol was getting so high, and like you said, there were days where like I was answering Q and A stuff. I was like 
breathing a little bit hard and my heart rate, I would hit like 130, 133 on the heart rate monitor. I'd be like, all right, hold here. When in reality, like I, I should have pushed to try to get to 140 and held there instead, right? And it's like these little things in the moment, you're like, okay, I'm doing what I need to do. But in reality, like you're just scraping by and yeah. you can't just scrape by the entire time. So that's Especially, like, that's me, that's me taking ownership and accountability of that on my own behalf. Especially when conditioning is something you're looking for in the sport. Like, yeah. um, I, I feel like the harder I see people push cardio, the more conditioned they come in. Yeah. I, that's a very true statement. Um, it, it, it's, it's all about how you treat it. And if you're giving it all your intent, like if you're going in there, like, okay, like you train, you know, an hour and a half at the gym, you're doing your weight training. Cool. That's awesome. You need to push your cardio session just as hard as you did for that weight training session, just with as much intent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where true results are created in the off season, in contest prep with everything. Cause like mm -hmm. good story. I'll tell you real quick. Right. And this is, a, this is an old one. Um, I had a guy in prep and he didn't do very well because, you know, he, he ended up actually like quitting before the prep even got to fruition like before contest but he was doing his cardio and instead of doing all 30 minutes on the stair mill you know he was supposed to do 30 minutes on the stair mill at a level eight and what he would do is he would do 10 minutes on the stair mill at level eight and then he would go over to the treadmill and just walk for the rest of the time oh my god and then he was wondering why he wasn't getting in shape mm -hmm. well as soon as i told him hey man you have to do all that cardio on the stair mill the entire time the next week he quit mm -hmm. because he realized oh i can't i can't push that as hard as i need to be so a lot of people don't achieve the conditioning because it's hard it is it fucking sucks man it sucks it's not something that like for me like i wasn't a skinny kid growing up and like we have found like it is hard to get my hams and glutes to come in from the back and and we, you know, we, every prep, we get a little bit closer to where it needs to be and we have to suffer a little bit more and we get a little bit deeper and this, that, and the other. Um, but no, man, I've had that happen a few times where I've had prep guys like, like I remember I had one last year and I, I, I was talking to you about, I was like, dude, I don't know what is going on, but like he, I can't let him like at this trajectory, like we're not stepping on the stage that he wants to. And you're like, have him send a picture of his like screen on the stair mill after he was done. And like, I had this guy like, cause again, I'm just going based off of check-ins and hoping he's being honest with me, which he was not. And like, we, we you know, we're doing 45 minute stair mill sessions and he'd send me pictures and like, I was starting to do the math, right? Cause I'm like, okay, like I know this brand of stair mill and it's saying he got this many flights in this much time. And I had him doing like level eight, nine and I did the math and he was doing level four, yeah. right? Like literally level fucking four, you know? Right. Or I had a guy with me that I was doing, I had him doing intervals. Again, same situation. You're supposed to do a minute of level eight and then a minute of level 11, which was like, and this is also the other thing too. Whenever your coach gives you stair mill or whatever it may be, intensity requirements, every stair mill level is different for the brand. So yeah. a lot of times I just now specify steps per minute, right? Exactly. Because like there are certain stair mills that I've been on where like level 30 feels as slow as like level two on a different one. So we go by steps per minute. So that's something that you should probably, if they don't give you request or just get specification on or clarification on. Um, but it was like 75 steps per minute for a minute. And then like, I think 89 was what it averaged out to for that's a minute. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah, back and forth. That's what I wanted him on. 
he hits me up one day, and this is the other thing, people. Um, if your cardio is perceived easy, uh, don't brag about that. And also, like, that probably means you're doing something wrong. Like, I'll guarantee it means you're doing something wrong. Um, and so he hits me up, hey, man, just want to let you know, dude, this cardio is, cardio is a joke. And I was like, I know that's not true. I was like, let's talk. Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, I was doing it. This was like last year's prep when I was doing an hour of intervals twice a day to try to get my glutes to come in for the first time. And I was like, buddy boy, I know this isn't easy. So we get on the phone and I was like, all right, man, walk me through what you're doing. He's like, well, I'll do like three minutes to level five to get warmed up. And then I'll do like a minute of level eight and then like two minutes of level five. And then I'll do like, and it was just like all this random stuff. And I was like, I, I cut him off and I was like, okay, I want you to go to your document and read off what it says verbatim. And he read it off and I said, okay, so what you said and what you read, are they the same? And he said, no. And I said, you're cutting corners. So it's not easy because you're not doing it the right way. And then I said, and are you leaning on the handles at any point? Well, yeah, when I get tired, I start to. And I said, what does the next line of the document say? He says, it says not to lean on the handles. And I said, and why do you think that is? Because it makes it easier. Exactly. And I was like, so tomorrow, this is what I want you to do. I want you to set up your tripod and I want you to do exactly what I asked of you for 10 minutes. Do 10 minutes of intervals the way that I asked. He made it seven minutes in and stopped. And I said, yes. ah, it's not easy. So that's the thing is like, you, you can't, you can't, you can't cut those corners to that degree first and foremost. And then also be like, well, that was a joke. It's like, well, you, you didn't try. So the thing I'll see people do in prep is they will cheat cardio. Yeah. And this, this is by, you know, they'll, they'll do less intensity or they'll choose a different format um, and they'll try they'll try to cut corners, like you said, by doing an easier route. And I found you can always tell who's who's done their cardio the right way by who's most in shape. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. that's the truth. Like I remember I remember watching Laura after she get off the stair mill uh, level eight sessions that I had her doing for her her prep when she became pro. And she was drenched, bro. Mm -hmm. Like she looked like she got hit by a train. Yeah. And you know, I, I've seen people after that cardio and you're supposed to look like hell. Like it's supposed to look like you just, you it know, hurts. were outside running miles and like being chased by fucking wasps. Like, <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. and, and then you see people and they'll be done and they'll be like, got my cardio done. Or they're like walking at a snail's pace and, you know, they still have fresh makeup on afterwards. And it's like, no, girl, you didn't do shit. Yeah. And this is not any of my clients. You ladies are great by the way, but I, I see this type of stuff on people's Instagram stories. And I'm like, did you really just do cardio or did you just want to say you did it? Yeah. Yeah. You just, you, you walked and, and steps are important too. I mean, that's one thing that like we do incorporate in our, in our clients plans, yes. but like those are two separate things. Like that's just expenditure. Like we are yes. trying to present something that your body is trying to adapt to. And the adaptation of that is like ideally burning fat through the process. So again, it goes back to it. Like you have to do the hard shit if you want to change because right now you aren't doing the hard shit and you're not changing. Pretty simple. Yep. So that's really kind of the the gist of that as far as like cardio apparatuses go. What like what do you prefer for? Uh, typically, I mean, I do one of these three, and this is typically what I program. I either do treadmill, a three and a half speed, and seven incline. Yep. Uh, I will do stair mill level five or level eight. 
Mm -hmm. depending on the person, or I will do a recumbent bike and I will have them push at to 100 to 30, 140 beats per minute and stay there. Yeah, It really depends on the client, how much we need to keep their leg muscle, how conditioned they need to be, where we're at in the prep. Uh, a lot plays into that, but I'd say my standard would definitely be that treadmill. Yeah. I think it's yeah. easiest to really program for just about anybody. Yeah. I, I like that too. I use, depending on the situation, I like to use stairs and short spurts, like, unless like we're like obviously deeper in prep. And a lot of times I'll kind of mix bag it and I'll do like, if they have to do two sessions a day, one session might be a recumbent mic and one might be the stairs. Yeah. And, um, but, but regardless, that's kind of my, my approach is what I like to do just to try to balance things out a little bit. Also, like I find for me, like when I do a new cardio apparatus, it tends to, I feel like I'm doing something different. Right. Yeah. So it's not as monotonous, but that's kind of, uh, it's kind of the gist for this episode, guys. We're going to definitely be doing another one kind of going a little bit deeper into this because there's plenty yeah. to discuss. We're um, going to talk about hit intervals and all sorts of stuff we could go throw in with this. So we will be doing that next time as well. Um, like we said, we we love and appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Modcast today. Please leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a shout-out. Tell a friend, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, we appreciate all of the love and support that we've gotten so far, and we want to keep giving you guys everything that we can. So, Tyler, do you have any closing statements? Say so that's it. We appreciate you guys. You know, tell us anything more that you want to hear share any snippets you like and thank you guys for listening absolutely till next time guys see you all right sage